<laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, you can go and be seated. Uh, grab your Bibles, turn me to John chapter number one. John chapter number one. John chapter number one. Um, man, I was trying to save my voice, but uh, it just got all over me. I had to start singing. So like, here we go. So if it sounds even worse, I apologize um, for that. But um, John chapter number one, if you don't know where John is, uh, if you look in your uh, table contents at the very beginning of your Bible, uh, you'll see two different sections on here. You'll see an Old Testament and a New Testament. And so John is found in your New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then John. Um, we call these the Gospels, okay? The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so uh, mine's on page 684, so I'll go ahead and turn over there. Um, so John chapter number one. Uh, if you don't have a Bible or you don't bring a Bible or whatever like that, and you don't own a Bible, um, you let me or one of the leaders know and we'll get you a Bible. Like we want to make sure you have God's word like right here. What was interesting in the first service, this TV just went out. And so, like, don't rely on technology, okay? Um, technology will fail you. Uh, so, like, with this, like, I want you to have a copy of God's Word, like, in your hand, ready to go, okay? Uh, but if you didn't bring your Bible, we are going to put it up here on the screen as well. And so, if you're either looking on the screen or looking in your Bible at John chapter number 1, if you're there, say, I'm there. Hey, some of y'all still working on it. Or you just don't want to participate. Here we go. All right, so if you're either looking on the screen or looking in your Bible, if you're there, say, I'm there. There we go, here we go. You're like, I'm just going to lie to him. All right, here we go. John chapter number one, here we go. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not, and came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Last verse, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for uh, its truth. Thank you so much as we kind of go into this new series. Um, as we start the new year, uh, really focusing in on the Gospels and, and on your son Jesus. And so, Lord God, I pray that this would be uh, something that would, would help us, Lord God, to see who you truly are and, and how much you love us and how much you care for us, Lord God. Lord, the, the, Jesus coming to this earth was a game changer. And so, Lord God, I pray that we would all leave out of here changed. Not better, but changed. So, Lord God, I know you can do that. Now, there may be people in this room right now, under the sound of my voice, probably there are people under the sound of my voice that have not put their faith and trust in Jesus. And so, Lord God, I pray today would be the day they would make that decision. Because, Lord God, I can't imagine any other way better to start a new year off than with Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you, we love you. Pray all these things in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. 
All right, we're starting a brand new series. We're starting a brand new series. Some of y'all that have been with us for a little while, um, you're really glad that we are starting a brand new series uh, because the series we were in before was overwhelmed and some of y'all are like, I'm overwhelmed by the series begin, let's move on. So we're moving on. Can I get a witness? Okay, are y'all excited about that? Never mind. Okay, whatever. We can preach about overwhelmed for another two or three months. Here we go. The, new t- the title of the new series is, Who is this Jesus? Say that with me. One, two, three. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? What was interesting, and, and this is going back before overwhelmed and even before that, is so we see that there's a need for us to share the gospel. We know there's a need for us to share the love of Christ with somebody. We know there's a need for us to go out into a lost and dying world. And so what we had to do is we had to kind of take a step back in 2019 because we had to remember why we were doing what we were doing. And that's why we talked about love God and love people. I don't know if y'all saw the posters back up there. So we got our love God, love people posters back out there because that's why we do this because we love God and we love people. But then we looked at one of the reasons why we don't, we don't share the love of Jesus with other people is because we're just so gosh darn busy. And so we're, we're overwhelmed by everything. So we, had to, we talked about that for about <laughs> 10 weeks, okay? And like some of you are like, Buchanan, stop talking about this because I was more overwhelmed than the overwhelmed series than I ever have been before. But now as we move forward into 2020, what we really need to understand is who is this Jesus we're talking about? Who is this Jesus we're talking about? Like, I don't know, you're like, well, that Jesus, Son of God, came to earth, born on Christmas, you know, died and resurrected on Easter, all that kind of stuff. But, but, but who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus that, we, that we're, 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 we're to share and we're, we're supposed to, to, to let people know about? Who is this God? And so here's what we're going to talk about. Here's the question we're going to answer today. Who is this Jesus? The question we're going to answer, or this is how we're going to answer it today. He is God in the flesh. Say it with me. One, two, three. He is God in the flesh. And this is a big deal, okay? Before we start talking about Jesus and all the things he did and the miracles and, and with his disciples and all that kind of stuff, we need to establish that we understand that he is God in the flesh. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk down John 1, okay? We do have, I do have one extra verse that we'll look at, but we're just going to walk down John 1 and so we can understand truly what it means that it's God, he is God in the flesh. So here we go. John 1, John 1, right back on, verse 1, okay? In the beginning was the Word. Now, is that lowercase or uppercase? Uppercase, okay? So if it's an uppercase, that means it's not, it's not talking about an object but a person, Okay? In the beginning was the Word, okay? So this is a person, this person is Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, so we, we understand that is that in the very beginning, okay? In the very beginning, we have God and we have Jesus, okay? So just so we're on, on the same page, Jesus is eternal, okay? Jesus is eternal, and some people say, well, well, yeah, I know Jesus, he, 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 he was born and then was on the earth. For three. No, no, I want you to understand, there is no beginning and end of Jesus. He has always been, okay? And even in this, that the word was with God. So Jesus is with God and the word was God. So we see a picture of the Trinity here where we have God the Father and God the Son. We don't see it in this verse, but even God the Holy Spirit, that there, there's a God in three persons, but one God, okay? And so we see that Jesus, in the beginning, Jesus has always been, he is eternal. He has no beginning, no end, all right? Even if you look in Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God, 
If you actually study out that word God in the first verse, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, that word God is a plural word. Elohim. Okay, so even from the standpoint of when you see the very first verse in the Bible, it is, it is talking about God in three person, in Trinity. Okay, and so Jesus is, Jesus is not just the Son of God, He is God. Okay, all right, so the same was in the beginning with God. Okay, so He was in the beginning with God, He was God, same was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. So he had. A, so Jesus had a part in creation, okay? Everything that was made, it, it wasn't made unless he made it, all right? So God the Father, God Jesus, or, um, and God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three, okay? They had a part in creation, all right? So Jesus had a part in creation. And then notice this in verse 4. In him, what's that next word? In him was what? Life. Life. I was talking to somebody the other day, and, and, and what, what I wanted to help them understand is, and, and here's why I, t- I take so serious what we do here. Like, I take it real serious what we do here in this church. Because here's what's going on. Right now, there are people, and it, and it, it, is, a, it is truly a matter of life and death. It's truly a matter of life and death. There are people in this room right now that have put their faith and trust in Jesus, and they have life. But there are other people in this room who have not put their faith and trust in Jesus, and all they uh, they are they are headed towards death and hell. But in Jesus there is what's that word? In Jesus there is what life, life. There's life, and the life was the light of men. And so when I put my faith and trust in Jesus, that the, the, I have life because before that I was dead in trespasses and sin. Okay, I'm a dead man. Let me let me help you with this the the, the death rope. When, when, when you're going, when you're, when you're, when it's time, your time to, to, to be executed, they, they say, they make, they say a phrase as you're going out. It says, dead man what? Walking. Dead man walking. And so what, what, what I wanted to help you with is those that have Jesus, they're alive. They have a life. But those that don't have Jesus, they are dead men walking. Dead men walking. But the life was the light of men. So, so, when I receive life, when I receive Jesus, then, I, then, I, then, then that is the light that comes out of me. The light that comes out of me is the life that is in me in Jesus and the light that comes out of me. Now look, verse 5. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That word comprehended means contained. Okay? It means contained. So what it says is the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness could not contain it. Or it contained it not, comprehended it not. Okay, how many are afraid of the dark? It's okay, I'll raise my hand. Okay, whatever, okay, I know what it is. You're not afraid of the dark, you're afraid of the stuff in the dark. Okay, I get it, all right, whatever, that's fine, all right? It's a, I mean, I, I can run from the dark. You ever done that, like turn off a light and run as fast as you can? Whatever, okay. <laughs> so you're like, no, begin as a big scaredy cat. Yep, you're a bunch of liars, that's what you are, okay? But, but, so I don't like the dark. Now, when I turn on the light, where does the darkness go? Away. It goes away. Now, what's interesting in this verse is what it's saying is like, look, what's, what, what's happening is darkness is trying to contain the light. But when, you, but when light comes in the presence of darkness, darkness does what? Goes away. Goes away. Now, we'll look at that in just a minute. All right? But the darkness could not contain it. 
There was a man sent from God, verse 6, whose name was John. This is John the Baptist. This is, this is, this is uh, the forerunner of Jesus. He was the one that was saying, prepare, the, prepare you the way of the Lord. Repent, you know. Verse 7, the same came, this is John, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the, what's that word? Light, and it's capitalized. So who is that? Jesus, that all men through him might believe. So here's what John said. John said, hey, look, I'm, I'm, I, I'm here to, to, to be a witness and to point people towards the light that hopefully as I point people to, towards the light, there will be many people through me and me sharing the light, there will be many people that might believe. And sometimes what we can look at and go, well, it sounds like it's like John and it's not about Jesus. But then he goes on, he goes on in verse 8, just so to make sure you understand, he was not that light. Okay, John was not that light. He was not Jesus, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Now, what's the question? Is your light, is your light being a witness? Is your light bearing witness? Is your light pushing people and showing people to Jesus? Or is your light showing, is it, here's an interesting way to think about it, is, is your light pointing people to Jesus or is your light pointing them to you? When, 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 but our, our goal is to bear witness. To bear witness of what? Bear witness of all the great things we've done or to bear witness of all the, things, the great things that Jesus has done. Now, here's the verse I've got to show you. This is such, so cool. So cool, so cool. Show my, my Second Corinthians. Is that my Second Corinthians verse? Is it Second Corinthians or First Corinthians? Yeah, this is it. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4.3. It's a cool, cool, cool verse. But if our gospel be what? Hid. It is hid to them that are lost. Okay? So here's what, when, when I receive Jesus, I now, I now have, have, have the gospel, okay? The gospel, the good news of Jesus, that he, he died and rose again and all kinds of stuff. I'm, I've been entrusted with the gospel. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Like we have the gospel. How many of y'all are thankful that you're saved? Say amen. I'm thankful I'm saved too. But what happens is we hide the gospel. Now why do we hide the gospel? We hide the gospel because we're worried about what people will say about us. Or if we'll offend somebody. Or if people won't like us anymore. Or we'll just be like a Bible thumper or whatever. But we hide it. But here's what we need to understand. When we hide the gospel, the only people that is hidden from is the lost. The ones that need Jesus. When we hide the gospel, it's the ones that need it the most that don't receive it. Notice it keeps on going. This is great. Verse 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. Okay? The God of this world being Satan. Okay? All right? Being Satan. Okay? So he blinded the minds of them which believe not. Look at this. What's that next word? Lest. Say it with me. One, two, three. Lest. Lest, because here's the concern, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine unto them. Now let's talk about what we said before, okay? Darkness cannot contain the light. So when light comes into the darkness, the darkness has to do what? Go away. It flees. It gets out of the way. But here's what's going on. What Satan is trying to do is he's trying to blind those that... that so they 
We blind the minds of them which believe not. Blind the ones that are lost. Blind the ones that need Jesus. He's trying to blind them because what he's worried about is because if, if, if they get the light, if light comes into the darkness, where does the darkness have to go? Away. Away. I don't know if you are getting it yet. It's okay, all right? But what I'm trying to help you with is that, that here's, Satan is, is very much trying to distract us. And distract people that need Christ. Because here's what I figured out. You know, honestly, I feel like Satan's number one tool right now is distraction. I feel like Satan's number one tool is busyness. Would anybody agree with that? Okay, because here's what I do. I focus on, I focus on uh, my, my wife and my kids and my work and our, their activities at school and on and on and on and on and on. And my schoolwork, if you're a teenager, or my boyfriend, or my girlfriend, or whatever it may be, we're focusing on all this kind of stuff, because man, this is so important, all that kind of stuff, when in reality, we're so distracted by these things, that we forget about the most important thing. We forget about the most important thing, because we're busy, we, we try, and we want, and all this kind of stuff, but here's what I want to help you with, is that, here's what, 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 what this is saying, that even though Satan is at work, when the light comes into the darkness, the darkness has to do what? Run. It goes away. See, that's right now. Right now. Right now. Satan is shaking in his boots. Right now he's shaking in his boots. Here's why. Because he knows the truth. He knows the truth that, hey, if, if those Christians, if those Christians would start shining their light, if they would start, if they would start bearing witness of Christ, if they would start doing that, that here's what Satan's saying. I can't stand against that. I can't stand against that because when light comes into darkness, where does darkness go? Away. Do you, do you see what this is saying? Like, this is why Satan is doing his best to blind the minds of them that don't believe. Because he knows that, man, if they, if they saw the light, if they got the light, man, here's what would happen. You know what? If they got the light, the darkness would have to flee and they would put their faith in Jesus. So we need to stay there, keep them blinded by those things. And so this is really, really cool. Verse, verse 5, verse 5, verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Verse 6. For God, look at this, look at this. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of what? Darkness has shined in our hearts to, what's that next word? To what? Give. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the, in the face of Jesus Christ. Like, think about this. You've been given the light. You've been given the light. And so now, hey, look at this. We've been given light so that we can, we can then give it to somebody else. Right? Can I get an amen? amen. All right. And this is what's so cool is that, that he's the light and he's life. And we have light in us. And so Satan is working overtime to try to blind people so they won't see. But you know what? If we would just do our part of sharing our light, if we would do our part of sharing our light, darkness has to flee, has to get away. Fun times, fun times, fun times. Here we go. Verse 10. He was in the world. And the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. See, what's interesting about this is that for, if you look through the Old Testament, it's always pointing to a Messiah. 
It is always pointing to a Savior. It is always pointing to Jesus. It is pointing that direction. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene, what's sad is that he went to his own, meaning talking about the Jews, okay? So, if anybody, so everybody's clear on this, that, that there's a chosen nation, the Jews, okay? He came the Jew first and then the Gentile. So Jesus came into his own who were waiting for him, who were anticipating him, who wanted a Messiah, but yet they rejected him. Now, why does, why does that happen? Why does that happen? Because Jesus didn't come on the earth like they thought he was going to come. They thought he was going to come as, 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 as soon coming king, right? He was going to you know, uh, rule with a rod and fist and all this kind of stuff and everything like that. And then he came as a human. He came as a little baby. And it's like, oh, this doesn't look like this Messiah we've been talking about. When in reality, that's who they were waiting for, and they missed it. They missed it. And came into his own, his own received him not. But look at this, verse 12, I love this. But as many as received him, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. What I want to focus on in verse 12 is, but as as many as received him. Here's what's really cool. There is no limitations on how many people can go to heaven. Zero. It says, but as many as received him. That here's, here, if somebody is in this room right now who has not put their faith and trust in Jesus, well, do you think there's room for one more? Yes, there's room for one more. But as many as received him. As many as received him. So what this basically saying is, you know what? Okay, well, maybe there's 100. Well, maybe there's 1,000. Well, maybe there's 10,000. Well, maybe there's 100,000 or a million or 3 million or whatever like that. As many as received him. As, as many people who would come in faith and trust in Jesus Christ, as many who would come and receive him, here's what he did. To them gave he power to become what? The sons of God. Now, here's what's really cool about this, okay? What, what, I was, I was telling, talking to Chris and Christopher, the two guys that got saved this morning. Because when you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, guess what? You're now part of the family. You're now part of the family. Okay, now, we don't, we don't talk like this a lot, but if you are saved, if you are saved, you saved Chicky, just want to make sure. Okay, all right? I'm not going around to everybody, all right? But here's the deal. What, what it is is Chicky's not just a church member, and I'm not just his pastor, Guess what? We're brothers. We're brothers in Christ. We're sisters in Christ. Okay? We're part of the family. Can I get an amen? amen? Okay? As many received him, he gave them power to become sons of God. Sons of God to be part of the family. Hey, what's interesting about this, I didn't say this in the first service, but unfortunately, because of how different the family structure is now, we don't really understand how big this really is. And, and we look at it as, as some kind of, what, you know, the, the, what, what we see of what family structures are and blended families and divorce and all this kind of stuff. We look at that and go, but here's what, here's what I, I've seen is that even though your family situation was not the best, it may not be. But here's the deal. If, you, if your, family, your earthly family wasn't the best situation, your heavenly family is awesome awesome like you are part of the family and this is not a this is not a father who's going to abandon you and quit on you and all that kind of stuff he'll never leave you he'll never forsake you okay you are part of the family you may not be part of any earthly family but if you put your faith and trust in Jesus you're part of the heavenly family get a good amen yes verse 13 which were born okay 
which were born. Notice this, not of blood, not of blood, okay? That means, that means basically of, of ancestral descent. I'll explain these in just a minute. Nor of the will of the flesh, okay, by, by good works, nor of the will of man by somebody else's decision, but of who? God. God. Here's what we, we so everybody's clear on this, is uh, nobody's getting to heaven because their mama's a Christian. Nobody's getting to heaven because their dad's a Christian or because their grandfather's a Christian or their, or, or, or their grandfather was a deacon at the church, okay? Nobody's getting to heaven that way, okay? Nobody's getting to heaven in good works, it's not by us or the will of the flesh that, man, if I just work real hard, maybe I can do that, okay? And it's not going to be on somebody else's power. I mean, Tim, I love you to death, okay? I love you to death, and I'm thankful you put your faith and trust in Jesus, but I couldn't do it for you. I couldn't do it for you. I mean, I, 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 there, there are family members right now that, that, that I'm praying desperately that they get saved this year, desperately for them to get saved. But here's what I figured out. You know what? As much as I pray for and pray for and pray for them, I cannot save them. They've got to make that decision on their own. And so when we come into a relationship with Jesus, it's not because of what our parents did. It's not because of the good works. And it's not because of what somebody else thought we should or should not do. It's only a relationship between me and God. Me and God. Last thing. And we'll, we'll have our invitation and go to have communion. And the word was made what? Flesh and dwelt among us. Now, let me help you with this, okay? Every, every other person in the whole entire world, they came in this world when they were born, okay? When, that, when they came to this world, they were born, okay? Through, but Jesus, Jesus did not start to exist, we've already talked about this, when, when he came out of Mary's womb, Okay? It, it, is not, it is not the fact that, that, that he started as, as a fleshly being. No, he was God putting on human flesh. Now you're like, this seems like we're like really getting very basic and simple. Because everything we're talking about in the Gospels, you've got to understand that Jesus is, is come in human flesh, but you cannot lose the fact that Jesus is God. You have to see that. You have to get that. Because here's the deal, I've, I've said this before, if he goes to the cross as a human, he dies for his own sins. If he goes to the cross as God, he dies for the sins of the world, okay? So we have to establish that this is not, he was not just a human that walked on the earth, he is God who put on human flesh. Literally, we couldn't get to him, so he came down to us and put on human flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Last thing, and then we'll have our invitation. Full of, what's those two words? Full of grace and truth. Say it again, full of grace and truth. Now, as, as we establish and we keep on going through the Gospels, you've got to see both of these. Because here's what we want. In the society we live in right now, here's all, the only part of that we want is the grace part. Give me grace, give me grace, you know, forgive me my sins, make me feel better about myself, like, like, I know I made a mistake, but just, you know, give me grace, give me grace, give me grace, and we don't like a lot of truth, do we? Just give me grace, Buchanan, give me grace, 
but he came full of grace and truth. Now, here's what I want to help you with. You have to have both. You can't take one without the other. And I know in a society, I say society, in churches nowadays, nobody wants to talk about truth. Everybody wants to talk about grace, but nobody wants to talk about truth. Now, why do you need both? And let me help you with this too, because w- when we talk about, like, Jesus is 100% human, but he's 100% God. How does he do that? that, that that's more than 100%, because he's God, <laughs> okay? Now, when we say full of grace and truth, this is not meaning he's 50-50. He is 100% grace, and he is 100% truth. He is full of grace and truth. But here's what I want to help you with, especially I want to kind of set the table because as we move forward and when Jesus says some really hard stuff, some really difficult things, if you've not read the Gospels very much, sometimes when you read the Gospels, it's like, man, do we have to talk about that, about that Jesus? Like, ooh, you know? You know, he feeds the 5,000 and he talks about that he's the bread of life and if you don't eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't be my disciple. What? Full of grace and truth, but you need both. You need both. And what's bad is a lot of churches will lean one way or the other. When it's not, a, it's not an either or proposition, it's a both and. Now, why is that? Why do we need the truth? Here's, here's the reason why you need the truth. The truth shows you your need for grace. The truth shows you your need for grace. If I didn't realize I was a sinner, I wouldn't know that I needed a what? Savior. So I need truth, okay? I need truth to point to me of of who I am and my need for a Savior. But on the other side, if you have all truth and no grace, you have no hope. You have no hope because you just stay in your sinful condition. Like, what am I supposed to do? So you need both. You need, it is full of grace and what? Truth. We need both. We need both. We need to know the truth. We need to know the truth. In reality, the truth, we're so thankful for that grace. We're so thankful for that grace. Let's everybody stand. Let's everybody stand. This is our invitation. This is our invitation. And, and here's how we're going to do our invitation, all right? I, I, don't, ever, I don't ever try to, to point people and, and, and say, well, maybe you need to do this and maybe you do that, all kind of stuff. But I'm just going to kind of put out just a, 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 a blanket statement and then what you do is what you do with it. Who is this Jesus? Who is this Jesus? Now, we're going to talk about this every single week because I want you all to understand, who is this Jesus? I want to add something to it. Who is this Jesus to you? Who is this Jesus to you? Because in reality, who I think Jesus is and who Jesus is for me and the information that I have, that's great and wonderful and information and all this kind of stuff. But, but I want to, you to know who Jesus is for you. Now, you're like, what does that mean, Buchanan? Who's Jesus to me? Okay, one is, is he your savior? Is he your savior? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? Either you have or you haven't. And, and, and so, so the, the, it, I, for Jesus, for me, he's my savior. But the question is, is he yours? Does that make sense? So that's one side of it. Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus? And I can't think of a better thing to start the new year off, the first Sunday of the month, than putting your faith and trust in Jesus. Can't think of anything better. But on the other side of it is, okay, I put my faith and trust in Jesus, but are you fully surrendered to this Jesus? Now, I know y'all have already seen it up there. We didn't plan this. <laughs> like, oh, this would be great. You're going to talk about surrender. Let's sing I Surrender All. 
We didn't plan this. I wish we, we need to start planning this better, okay? <laughs> but are you fully surrendered? Because is this Jesus, is this Jesus, I gotta say this. Is this Jesus in your life a hood ornament? You ever seen those cards that have those little pretty hood ornaments and stuff like that? You know, they're really pretty like, hey, look, yeah, I got Jesus, look at him, he's right there. Don't he look pretty? Let me help you with this. The hood ornament does nothing with the car. <laughs> nothing. So my question is, is Jesus your hood ornament or is he your engine? Is he what drives you? Or is he just something for you to point to? And say, I'm just gonna, like, don't forget I'm a Christian, okay? Don't forget I got Jesus. Like, I need, I need him to be the center of everything I am, to be my engine, that everything that drives me. I was talking to somebody the other day. I was talking to somebody the other day. And, and, and just, it, 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 it blows my mind to where it's still, we're in a place to where Jesus is just kind of a token that we put on the shelf to be able to point to, than in reality of him being everything we are and everything that we do. So it's first of the year, guys. It's first of the year. And I'm not trying to be push or whatever like that, but who is this Jesus? Is he your savior? If you haven't put your faith and trust in him, he wants to be your savior. Or, and on the other side of it, if, you're, if he's your savior, but in reality he's more like your hood ornament than your engine, like what do you need to do about that? Do I have altar workers? Chick, are you going to help me? Tori, are you going to help me? Thank you. Tori, raise your hand, please. Chick, you raise your hand, please. Okay. Ladies, men, okay. If you need to put your faith and trust in Jesus, they can help you with it. Okay. But whatever you need to do, in light of this, not, not just who is this Jesus based upon what the Bible says, but who is this Jesus to you? Who is this Jesus to you? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for what you're doing, how you're moving and everything. And Lord, Lord, we need you. I need you. And so Lord God, I know there's people under the sound of my voice right now in this, in this room right now that have not put their faith and trust in you as Savior. And Lord God, I pray that they would not in any way, shape, or form think, you know what? Maybe by the end of this year, I'm going to do it. Maybe I can do that next year. Maybe the next Sunday or on Wednesday night or whatever it may be, Lord. Lord, let him not wait. Lord, even while I'm praying right now, Lord God, if there's somebody to be bold enough, to give them the courage and the boldness to step out right now and put their faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus, who was God in the flesh, who came down to this earth because we couldn't get to him. What a, what, a, what a picture of love. So if there's people that need to make that decision, Lord, I pray they'd come.